The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I am so pleased that you join me each week for my conversations with cutting-edge thinkers and leaders. And if you want to stay up to date with news from the show, make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter at nebocompany.com. And I want to tell you that I'm having a great time inviting Chris Wall both to co-host shows and also to appear with me for conversations like the one that we're about to have today. Um, So today's topic is really about retreat, how and why to take a retreat. Chris and I lead retreats together. And, you know, in her work as a leadership coach and as a retreat facilitator, she's developed an enormous perspective and a lot of wisdom to share with us. I think most of you know that Chris is the founder of the acclaimed Georgetown Leadership Coaching Program. She also is the principal and founder of the Miro Group, and she's a pioneer in the field of coaching. I'm really honored to have you with me, Chris. Welcome. Thank you, Kate. It's great. Great to be back, and this is a real favorite topic lately. You and I have talked about it a lot. So it'll be yes. fun to have a conversation about it. It will be, and you know, I, I'm, um, you know, I think probably our listeners might enjoy knowing that Chris and I do retreats together. So we uh, think about this, we talk about this, and we practice uh, creating, designing, delivering, and experiencing ourselves retreats. So we have a lot of ideas that we want to share with you today. Um, Chris, to get us started, I think one thing that I see in my client practice, and I bet that you do too, and certainly I experience it myself, is that stepping away from your everyday life can be really challenging to do. Um, So often we're so hooked into our routines. And today I know that we want to give people um, a, a bit of perspective about why retreats are so important and examples of some of the benefits that we know that our, our clients experience when they go on retreat. And I, we also, in this hour, are going to be offering some good advice on ways to design your own retreat so that you can plan your own getaway and experience these benefits yourself. So, Chris, let's just start off by talking a little bit about um, what inspired us to think and, and work so deeply with this idea of retreats. Why don't you start? Well, I think... Um I think two things. You and I did a retreat a number of years ago uh, for an executive who was looking to really sort of change the platform and the format of his business and the way that he thought about it. And we were away in the woods, and it was an amazing experience for us and for the executive. And, you know, the, the results of that were um, just spoke for themselves because his business started to really flourish. So that was like a backdrop. And then I sort of dropped the idea for a while, didn't do much with it, 
And then I was reading the New York Times a few years ago, and there was an article in there about an executive, um, a a very important executive, and I, I actually don't remember his name, but I remember the gist of it, and that was that he had gotten to a place in his work life, in his home life, his personal life, where he just needed some time and space to be able to strategize and figure out what was next. And in the article, they talked about him going on a silent retreat, which is really um, a lot of people like to do that, and that's one way that a person can retreat. He went on a silent retreat for a month, and so that meant that he gave up his telephone, his computer, his television, his conversations with all the people in his life who matter, and he really went into the woods and spent time with himself and came out with a resolve for not only his business, but for himself personally, and he came out with a commitment to continue to do this on a yearly basis. That was really inspiring for me because I always hear executives tell me they don't have time. And that story just made me think, well, if we can make the time, great things can happen. So I was very inspired by that. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I remember that story, and I think it really illustrates uh, the power of disconnecting and taking a retreat. And, you know, I guess I'll share my own personal story, too, about how I got interested in retreats. Um, you know, I think um, years ago when I was uh, given a fairly big assignment, I was at the time working for Middlebury College and had been given a, a sort of a step up and a, a big challenge. And I realized that in order to to make happen what the college was asking me to do, I needed to think differently. I needed to see myself differently, and I needed to organize my ideas um, more strategically in order to to basically be the leader that this initiative required. And at that time, I I actually took myself away with a the way I do it. I like to read, so I took a stack of books and I went. Um, my husband and I went to California and uh, traveled the coast and had a, a week of just quiet time. For me, it was such a chance to get a perspective about the opportunity, the challenge, and also really who I was at that moment and who I needed to be going into that. And I, I think for me, that moment um, really illuminated. I don't think I could have understood how to show up for that mm-hmm. opportunity, you know, if I hadn't stepped away. And I, I think that was one of the real awakenings I had around this topic of retreat. So that that's one that had, it's always stayed with me, really the benefit that I've experienced personally around this. Yeah, well, that sounds like a great retreat. You know, books, you and I are like that way. Books are our friends and they're <laughs> our teachers, you know. Um, I always turn to books. Uh, I think I talked about that when, when I'm in transition. Or, you know, like when I need to re-strategize something, I get ideas from books. So, anyway, your your retreat sounds perfect. It was good. It was good at the time. <laughs> I've done it many other ways since and for many other reasons. But um, but you know what I what I do see is, is and this is true for, for virtually everyone who has, I've been part of their retreat process, is it seems like... Um, you sort of enter in the door in one frame of mind and you exit at the end of the retreat in another perspective, in another frame of mind. And, you know, so that brings me to the question, Chris, you know, why do you think it's so important for people to take time for retreats? What are your thoughts? Well, uh, I've been reading a lot about this and thinking a lot about it. And as as you know, I went on a retreat in May myself, a three-week-long retreat. And... um 
my my sense about why it is so important is really boils down to the fact that life is incredibly demanding these days. There is we're living in the midst of tremendous demand, uh, lots of distraction, and I call it noise. There's just a lot of noise around, and if you stop and really listen to the noise that's around us and listen to the noise that we have inside of our head, all the thinking we're doing, um, I think it's really important to stop and get away from all of that. So that's one, that, you know, we're living in the midst of a lot. And, and what I find is that people are overwhelmed. Many of my clients are overwhelmed with the number of meetings and the number of reports, the bits of research they have to do, et cetera. Everything is on a very tight timeline these days. And... I think we get in the habit of sort of pressing the can-do button, you know? Um, and I think when we do that automatically, when we start to lose touch with ourselves. And we know that um, with this kind of stimulation that we have all the time, uh, I'm seeing this. We're losing the ability to calm ourselves down, to calm our brain down, our mind down, and to actually relax our brains. And we know that when we can relax we actually have the chance to be more creative. So uh, for those reasons and many more, you know, the fact that we're stressed out, people are burning out, people are exhausted. I cannot tell you how many of my clients tell me that they're not sleeping or they wake up in the middle of the night and they've got so many things on their mind. Well, sort of the absence of rest, relaxation, um, quiet, uh, to me, uh, begs uh, time for a retreat. And the thing is that, you know, I think so many of us, me included, you know, we relate to the outside world and to all the externalities of our world. And we are the species that are, you know, really lucky to be able to have a relationship with our inside world as well. And I think we need a balance between all the output and the outreach and the input that we're getting from the external world uh, and our own internal landscape. So... Those are my good reasons for going on a retreat and for thinking it's important. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Those are good reasons. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to go back to the, the one of, you said, just said some very important things. Um, and I, I want to go back to two ideas. But first, the first idea is this idea that we're so plugged in, that we're so connected 24-7, and that we become almost addicted to activity and um being in the know, uh, being up to the minute, um, and and you know you kind of linked that with some of your clients who may not be sleeping that well. Just this feeling that we can't stop, you right. know. And isn't there a name for this phenomenon related to your cell phone or your? Uh, what's the name for that? Yeah, there is now. There is an actual name for the fear of being without your cell phone. It's called nomophobia. And you know there, and actually then. Um, the latest uh, DSM manual, the DSM-5, has uh, a diagnosis called Internet Use Disorder. And I, I think this is really, really interesting for all of us to think about. I'm, I'm certainly an advocate of technology. I certainly love being able to look things up, you know, and being able to be on email and be connected. But I think that we're living in a very big paradox around connection. And that Same paradox way. is... That paradox is that we are connected to so many things through technology, and there's something that's really wonderful about that. 
And the more that we do that, I think, the less connected we are to people, the less connected we are to ourselves. And, um, you know, more and more the research is coming out that this sort of, this sort of connection, this technological t- connection that is replacing human connection and replacing time with ourselves um, is having an effect on, on uh, the kids who are coming behind us. And so I, I just think it's a very big issue and, um, you know, it's a little bit of a tangent for a person going on a retreat, but I think what it, how to bring it back to retreat is that I think it's really important to take a look at what those connections are, how they're supporting us, whether we are sort of constantly going and checking email and uh, being on Facebook or whatever other uh, social media is attractive to you, it's very attractive, and it's incredibly seductive, and it gets to be quite a habit. And I yes. think we lose, sight, we lose sight of our connection with ourselves. You know, you recently, I know we just have a minute before we take a break, but recently I think you took a, a, a retreat of sorts where you were really disconnected for more than a week. What was that like at first? It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> it was wonderful. And that doesn't mean it was... You know, that I didn't worry about, you know, gee, was I missing something or whatever. But I found after one or two days, and it took that long, uh, I really was not able to get to the Internet. I was far away. And when I would finally get to the Internet, um, you know, in a hot spot somewhere, I would I would look at my email and I would go, oh, I don't need to, you know, oh, that doesn't matter. Oh, you know what, that can wait, et cetera, et cetera, to the point where I would look at the email with such a, such a distance that I was able to see with perspective uh, how much that had been running me. And mm. that was a huge, um, for me, a huge revelation. And uh, I have to say that when I got back and I had Lord knows how many emails, many, many, many emails to go through, um, I really realized how, which ones were the really important ones, and there's so many that are not. Mm. Things take care of themselves. You know, I'm really thank you for sharing that because I think that um, you just described something that would really be beneficial for everyone to experience. And, and I think you, um, the perspective you gained was uh, the perspective probably that's lost if we don't take a retreat, if we don't take a pause. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be right back with more about retreats, including tips on how you can organize your own relaxing and renewing retreat. This is Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm your host, Kate Ebner, and I'm speaking today with Chris Wall. Do you know how to use your network to succeed and achieve your goals? The right connection and knowing what to do with it makes all the difference. Whether you are trying to advance your career, motivate others, or handle difficult situations, join me, Nancy Lamberton, to learn how to use empathy, trust, and reciprocity to create authentic and lasting connections. Designed especially for women, Nebo's four-part course, Building Vital Connections, starts this September. For more information and to sign up, visit store.nebocompany.com and click on online learning. That's store.nebocompany.com. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. 
With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hello and welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm your host, Kate Ebner. Today, my guest Chris Wall and I are exploring the power of retreats, or as we like to refer to them, power pauses. In her role as a leadership coach for senior leaders and executives, Chris Wall has witnessed firsthand the transformative nature of retreats. She frequently speaks and writes on the subject, and often we work together to create retreat experiences for leaders. Um, Chris, before the break, we were really talking about how hard it can actually be to unplug and then uh, let yourself let go, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and you started to really bring us around to the benefits that you experienced on your, your retreat recently. Um, tell me more. Tell us more about how you think, like, what's the before and the after of, of having a retreat? What, how do the pe- retreats benefit people? And what does this have to do with their professional lives? You know, people okay. think it's a luxury. All right. So I'll speak for myself on um, picking up on this idea of being unplugged. I noticed that when I, before I went, I was pretty stressed out, trying to get everything done, just like everybody does before they go on a trip, right? And um, it took me, as I said, a couple of days to kind of ease in. And then what I noticed while I was away is I noticed that I could actually get back in touch with my own natural rhythms. And this is also a huge revelation to really discover how easy it is to relax when you're doing things that you love to do and you're not worried about work and, you know, all the tasks that you have, you know, if you're at your desk mm-hmm. or in, in, in your life of work. And I, and I, of course, as you know, I love my work. Mm-hmm. So this whole business of getting back to a natural rhythm, I think, is one of the big benefits of going on retreat because you you learn about yourself again and what you need in terms of stimulation, what you need in terms of quiet, what you need in terms of conversation, what you need in terms of rest, um, what you need in terms of reflection. Um, it, to me, it was just a huge panorama of choices that became available that are not there when I'm sort of in my day-to-day work life. So that's the first thing, this whole business of natural rhythm. And I want to comment on that because, you know, that phrase you're using, getting back in touch with your natural rhythms, you know, it... I love how you just described that, you know, for, for all of us who are considering this idea, you know, sometimes we don't know. We don't know how tired we are. We don't know that we're hungry. We don't know right. that we, we, we can't even feel our feelings because we've pushed the override button. And right. I love that benefit that you can actually reconnect with your own natural rhythms and let them, let them inform you. So what's another yeah. one? Well, so when you do that, 
And I had this experience just in the last two weeks. You just get this sense of timelessness, which is a really lovely feeling that there's all the time in the world and that um, you have time. I felt like for myself, I have time to be creative again. I have time to explore again and discover. And I am. it was a great reminder um, that I need to find ways, and so this is how you bring it back to real life, I need to find ways to take what I learned about myself, my own natural sort of tendencies, and incorporate more of that into my daily life because what ends up happening, and this is how it benefits, is that when you can do what I'm describing, I think your creativity starts to bloom again. I think your optimism comes back or expands, not that I ever lost it, but it expands. Your mindset gets, become, gets more open, um, more spacious. Um, I think your way of being becomes more relaxed. And, of course, that's a loop, right? So if we're relaxed, then we can be optimistic and creative and have open, spacious mindsets. So these two feed each other. And that is a really important thing to remember. That was a huge benefit, I think. Chris, do you think that, you know, people are so, uh, it's so hard sometimes to step out of the, the flow, the feeling that they'll, it'll all be piled up when you get back. You know, I, I have, um, I, what comes to my mind is a coaching client I'm working with right now who I did a 360 review and some of the people who I interviewed said, um, please tell him we love it when he takes vacations because it's so much better to work with him when he comes back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that and, relaxed state of mind, yes. You know, and I just think from a professional perspective, it's it's almost like um, it, it's counterintuitive. Like you feel like I can't leave the helm of this ship, but actually yeah. leaving the helm allows you to be a better captain. Totally it does. And uh, other benefits, you asked about benefits, I think it gives you a chance to reorient to what really matters to you. And I think when you do that, you start to see, well, gee, I can let go of this because I want this to come in. You know, so if I if I really want to do, uh, let's just say I want to do, uh, you know, more creative work in some way, whether I want to bring art into my life or poetry or something, I need to let go of something. And when you get away, you can start to see the structure that you've created back it in your real life, right? And you can say, well, gee, you know, I, get, I have the chance to redesign that structure. I can re- reassess what I want. I can repurpose some of my um, intentions, right? I can, mm-hmm. I can, re- I can renew um, love affairs that I have with certain things in life, you know, like books or poetry or walking or, you know, having conversations with people that I love or people that are important in my life. Retreat helps you see that. But you get, well, you know, I mean, I think the, I think underlying all of this is it gets you to be more present to yourself and to your life. And I'm always telling my clients, you know what? You're the only person that can design your life. You're it. And how and can you so, design it unless you take a break, unless you actually let yourself have space? Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I mean, you could still have a great life. You, there are people who never take a retreat, and, they, you know, they probably look at us and say, gee, we have, we have a great life. And I'm saying that when we're, when we're as busy as, as we are, that we really need to take a stop and get some perspective 
And really, you know, just sort of reassert, this is what I want, this is what I want to design, this is what I want to create, this is what I want to bring in, this is what I need to let go of. You know, Chris, I love, I, I think these are great points. And, you know, for those of you listening, I hope you're realizing that we're, we're helping you build the case that you're going to make to the people in your life when you tell them that you're going to take a retreat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think one, I think, yeah, I think that's so right. You know, so, um, I think everybody really wants to do it. When I did a workshop on this, people, people are so attentive. And they're so anxious to look at what's got them grabbed, you know, what, what's what got a hold on them in life that they would really like to let go of. And, you know, I think it's really important to start taking a look, you know, even if you don't take a retreat this year or next, I think listening to this is, is pretty inspiring to think, think, you know, that at least sometime in the future you'll, you'll do this for yourself. I think another added benefit is that it really builds resilience. Just like your client, you know, he's a nicer person when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, so your mindset changes, but also it sort of reinforces all the good that is in you and around you. And I think it, it helps build resilience and makes you resilient for the challenges that, you know, are a part of everyday life. I think that's really important. You know, it is really important, and I, I feel so inclined to just keep elaborating on these benefits because there's so many, but I want to make sure that the, that we're able to share some thoughts about um, a little bit about the how to. And I know that sometimes people hear, you know, going on a retreat and um, there are few things we want to, to teach actually everybody listening about retreat versus um, versus vacation, for example, uh, retreat. I often, when I'm doing executive team retreats or, or, you know, group retreats with people and organizations, everybody wants to call it an advance instead of a retreat because they want to go forth and make something new happen. And retreating seems kind of like a fallback position. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I, what I, what I think we're really talking about here tonight uh, is is a, is uh, much more about actually stepping away and it really is about taking a big pause and Chris that's not really the same thing as taking a vacation is it no I don't think so I mean I think it depends on the kind of vacation you take but uh, for me a retreat really means that you're taking time with yourself and a vacation is a great thing to do it's joyous it's fun you do it with people that you love to be with and you do activities that you know everybody enjoys and again, you know, I mean, as I think about that, that sounds really external to me, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think vacations are wonderful. And for, for me, um, my sense of a retreat is that we're going to go into some quiet reflection and um, spend some time in nature and spend some time being still and spend some time, um, well, let me put it this way. Uh, a lot of times when I go on vacation, there's a lot to do. And as as the mom in the family, I get to be in charge of a lot of these tasks, right? So to me, that's not a retreat. Sometimes it doesn't even feel like a vacation. I think <laughs> one, of the thing, one of the things that would be important about a retreat is that in some ways you are taken care of and you are not taking care of tasks and the to-dos in your life. You somehow put yourself in a position where um, things are there for you and it's easy. It's easy for you to eat. It's easy for you to go for a walk. 
easy for you to sit on the beach or wherever it is you are. Easy for you to get a good rest. You know, that's very important, and I think that that's... um that's a great distinction between a vacation and a retreat. And um, I, I wonder, you know, as we as we think about retreats, we only have another a minute or so before we take another break. But um, you know, when you're when you're thinking about um, an ideal retreat, can you just share a couple of things that would make you think would make a retreat uh, truly a retreat? And sort of the the you know just a couple ideas, and then we'll do a bit more when we get back from the break. Yeah, well, I think being in nature is, is number one. Um, being somewhere beautiful. I think beauty is um, not paid attention to enough in, the, in our world in the ways that I'm talking about. I'm not talking fashion, style, and all that, although that's beautiful. I'm talking about the beauty that's around us, the colors of green and the trees and the fresh air. I think nature is a big part of it. And I think being in a place that you really like to be in. So maybe it's a place that you know that you revisit. I have certain places in my life that I love to go to. And believe it or not, I had a retreat in New Orleans. It sounds oxymoronic, doesn't it? I had a wonderful Mm -hmm. retreat in New Orleans, which is one of the most lively places ever. But I found a way to do it in a very quiet place where I could be in nature every day where I could walk for hours every day, and it, it was just beautiful. So I would say those two things as starters, Kate. Well, that's wonderful, Chris. Thank you so much. You know, we're going to take a break right now, and then we're going to really dig into this topic of how to design your own retreat. And so we'll be right back. As you know, I'm your host, Kate Ebner, and I'm talking with Chris Wall. We're sharing our thoughts about retreats. We'll be right back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm Kate Ebner, and today Chris Wall and I are talking about the topic of retreats. We're really exploring the question of how to take a break from your life in a meaningful way and come back in a better state, better equipped to deal with challenges than before you went. And of course, 
you know, the name for that is taking a retreat. Um, so, Chris, we started before the break to talk about um, some ideas that really help make a great retreat. And, you know, I think of it almost like a recipe sometimes. Like, I, I know that a great retreat has, you know, this blend of ingredients and, you know, mixed together creates, uh, you know, a, 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 an unfailable experience. Um, you've just given us two. One is to be in nature and to be in a beautiful place um, and actually aware of the beauty all around you. So really setting yourself up in a, an environment that's going to feel nourishing and inspiring and peaceful for you. And, you know, let's let's see if we can um, identify some, some of these ingredients um, so that somebody who's listening and might want to design their own retreat can, um, can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? <laughs> Um, well, you've given us so much already. Um, I want to, I want to kind of harvest a few things you've already said, like picking a favorite place, um, the, and the idea of, you know, bringing a book to read, something you want to read, something that you'd really enjoy, a real, a real escape. Um, maybe, um, you know, the idea of booking a bed and breakfast, a place where you're not having to do all the cooking and the cleaning up and really giving yourself the support, um, that you need so that you're free to just relax and enjoy. Um, so you've given us all of those already. Um, what's another good one? Well, I've always had a dream of going on a retreat um, where I could paint or do some artistic thing, learn some. You know, I like to paint, but I'm not very good at it. So, but, so I always ask myself, well, what would happen if I took myself somewhere um, where there were other people who were interested in painting and we sat, uh, you know, in a meadow and painted, you know, for five or six hours a day and then, you know, wrote in our journal or walked around and took photographs of other nice things to paint. To me, uh, that kind of a learning activity uh, where you still are far away from the madding crowd, so to speak, you're out in nature and you're learning something that you've always wondered about learning, that to me would be another great retreat. I like that one. And it could be anything, couldn't it? Like it could be a dance, you know, taking dance or going to some place like the Omega Institute offers great programs for learning. Um, it could be, you know, it could be um, having an outdoor experience like hiking or biking. There's some wonderful retreats that combine kind of biking and stopping at an inn and that kind of, you can, you can kind of yeah. choreograph something like that. Yes, I heard of one. I heard of one that somebody did last week. Well, I heard about it last week, where they did a bike trip um, down in the southern United States and made it a sort of a bike trip wine tasting retreat. So these people really like wine, and so they went and did that, and they really choreographed it themselves. They had no guides or you know um, people helping them out in the sense of you know the roads. And then they had B&Bs that they booked along the way. And uh, this this was incredibly rejuvenating. There are people who really need to move their bodies uh, in order to feel connected to themselves. And so I think that kind of an activity where you're riding a bike or taking hikes could be really beneficial for some people. You know, that's a great, a great point. And, you know, one of the things you and I both... Um, make sure as part of the retreats that we design is, you know, we make sure that we're paying attention to the body and to physical yeah. activity. And, you know, we usually design so that our our guests can have massage or 
a physical, you know, and a physical activity and great food and, you know, an experience that really, um, awakens the senses, you know, that the way yeah. things smell, the way things feel, we really think about that because we want to awaken, um, the physical sense senses with, with our retreats and, right. you know, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I, I think, you know, again, we, we tend to treat our, our bodies as, you know, during, during the course of a year as if they exist to kind of carry our brains around and, you know, get our brains, you know, to where the brains need to be for the, for the purposes of work or, or conversation. And uh, the, bo- the body is a really amazing resource, you know, so, you know, people say, oh, that's pampering. Am I, you know, the luxury. Do you think it's pampering, Chris? Would you put it that way? Uh, so I wouldn't, well, how can I, how can I answer that? In some ways it is pampering, but it is a necessary, it's a necessity, right? So if we think of pampering as something, something luxurious that we, you know, can only do once every 10 years, you know, when we get a great bonus or something, uh, that's not, that's not my idea of pampering. So my, my idea is that we need to take time for ourselves. We need to give ourselves permission for that. And that in this day and age, I'll keep going back to this. I mean, I've done so much reading lately on um, how um, all the distractions and the noise and the, you know, the connectivity technologically is really playing havoc with us internally. It's leading to depression, really a lot of isolation. And so I think what we're talking about is a necessity, Kate. And I and I think we have we have to um, give ourselves permission and find ways to do it. Uh, even if you can, even if you start small, that's that's better than not doing it at all. Yes, I, I, thank you for calling it as a necessity. I, I agree with you, and and I think starting small can be even just you know bringing a scent with you that you enjoy, um, making sure that you've got. You know, a warm blanket. You like. To, it's really just. Just doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to break the bank. But, but taking care of the physical senses and understanding that that's an essential part of coming home to yourself, which is really what a retreat offers. You know. Okay. So, what would you do? What would you do? Do you think to nourish emotion in a retreat? What do you think would be a way to um, help people connect with their feeling side during a mm. retreat? Well. Uh, I have a couple ideas on that. One, the first one that comes to me is music. So bring some really beautiful music with you and give yourself time to listen to it. Um, I find that music um, is almost a universal um, language that can calm you down. It can also get you excited depending, of course, on the kind you bring. But if you bring music that is uh, that brings you into yourself, and into your heart. I think that's a really great thing. Uh, I also love poetry, as you know. And I think um, great poets have much to say to us. And they can tap our emotion in ways that um, other forms of literature can do it. But I think the poets have a way of doing it that sort of gets right to the core. And I think reading books by people whose work you admire... Um, also is a way to get with your emotions, as well as journaling, right? So you can mm-hmm. ask yourself important questions yes. about, about yourself and about what you're feeling and write about it. Um, and that can get you in touch with your emotions in a pretty quick way. 
you know, yeah, giving yourself the freedom to write and the freedom to feel. You know, that's definitely a part of my recipe and, and our recipe for retreats is, is journaling. And people say, oh, I hate journaling and I hate keeping a diary and all that kind of thing. But what we really mean is just bring a blank book bring on, and bring a creative space that you can draw in, write in. And Chris just gave us a great technique, which is to ask yourself a question and then just let yourself answer it in a free flow. That's the kind of thing that makes a retreat a retreat. And, and it's the kind of thing that helps you access the retreat once it's over and you're remembering right. how great it was, right? And you want to get back right. there. Right. And I also think that um, depending on how you like to retreat, um, you and I have done retreats with uh, groups of women, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I know, when I, I saw it, obviously, when, when groups of women get together, or let's just say even best friends, Mm-hmm. Let's just say you want to go with your best best friend. Having someone there who can be a witness to your emotion and your feeling and to your longing, right? So what is it you're longing for? What do you desire? I think conversation um, can be a great way to, to be into your emotion as well. And I think the journal goes with any of this, you know? Music, what comes up, you start to journal about it. Poetry, what comes up, you start to journal about it. Conversations with your best friends or with women, like-minded women, uh, whatever comes up, you go and you journal about it. This is a really wonderful way to deepen your sense of self and your place, your sense of your place in the world. Great, great. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we have to take another break. It seems like this hour is flying by, but um, I'm curious, like this point you just made about going with a friend, being with a circle of people you really, you know, want to be with, um, joining a retreat group. Those are retreats, you know, those are companionable retreats where you have time to yourself and time with others. Um, I like that kind of retreat myself, but you yeah. also meant, you mentioned the silent retreat and, you know, you know, when might that be a good idea? Well, uh, silent retreats are also very, very popular and um, I would say, so I've only done one silent retreat, and so you know that my bias is more towards something that's more interactive or by myself, being, being quiet with myself, but allowing myself uh, the choice of when I will speak, if I'm going to speak in, a, in any day on my retreat, and if I decide to speak, who am I going to speak with? So I've done retreats by myself and with other people. And I've done a silent retreat. For me, a silent retreat is when I really, really want to disconnect and really want to spend time in in sometimes a scary spot with myself. But the only way to do it is to be by myself so that I can confront whatever the fear is and learn how my mind is working around that. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think that they, they can be incredibly valuable. And they take a tremendous amount of discipline. So I wouldn't recommend that somebody do like a week-long silent retreat unless they've done some silent work already, you know, starting with maybe 20 minutes and then 30 minutes, then an hour, maybe then up to a half day, then maybe a day. I think that's great advice, you know, and I I think um, 
I think these are all options that you can use as you're thinking about your own retreat and designing it for yourself and thinking about if you want to invite someone to go with you or go on your own. Um, and, you know, I guess the the last thought I want to share is the idea of maybe choosing something that you want to cultivate in yourself during the retreat. So it could be that you just want to pay attention to your intuition yeah. and no, notice that, for example. Yeah. Right? Or maybe, like you were saying before, it's creativity. Let me just create and see what comes, you know, through painting or through writing or some kind of expression. Um, And so we are going to take a break right now, but we do have one more segment. So we'll share a bit more when we get back. This is Kate Ebner. I'm talking with Chris Wall. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Do you know how to use your network to succeed and achieve your goals? The right connection and knowing what to do with it makes all the difference. Whether you are trying to advance your career, motivate others, or handle difficult situations, Join me, Nancy Lamberton, to learn how to use empathy, trust, and reciprocity to create authentic and lasting connections. Designed especially for women, Nebo's four-part course, Building Vital Connections, starts this September. For more information and to sign up, visit store.nebocompany.com and click on online learning. That's store.nebocompany.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hello again, and welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. You know, Chris Wall and I have been talking about the way that the world is moving faster and faster. People are exhausted, discouraged, and even getting sick because of the enormous effort that we're all making just to not only um, catch up, but actually to try to get ahead of the curve. And so we've been talking about the benefits of retreat and how important it really is. Um, We know that the research shows that relentlessly firing on all cylinders without allowing yourself time to renew can really have some serious negative consequences professionally, personally, and and even physically. Um, So Chris and I have been sharing some ideas with you. And, you know, in this last portion of our show, we really want to talk about what this has to do with leadership and why this is a topic that we're putting on a show called Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life. Um, and I you know, Chris, I, th- I think as we as we bring this around, you know, and we've really been sort of touching on, you know, is it a luxury, is it pampering, or is it a necessity? 
And, you know, let's talk a bit more about how leaders benefit from retreats and, and what, what, it, what, what we're actually cultivating as leaders when we take a retreat. Yeah, so um, given what we've been talking about, uh, I have actually been talking with my leadership clients, my leader clients, about the necessity of this almost as a leadership competency, that this idea of being able to reflect and be with self, be in solitude, be quiet, be still, really helps leaders stay connected to what really matters what they value, and it also, I think, really invites them to vision, revision, and live into their visions uh, versus being caught by habits, the habits of the routine of being constantly re- uh, reactive. I was going to say responsive. They're always needing to respond to something, and I think what ends up happening is they just end up in this cycle of reacting, reacting, reacting. So for the same reasons that it's important for us who are all busy to take a retreat, I think it's incredibly important for leaders to do it for all the reasons I've mentioned. And to tie back to your client that you spoke about, you know, this person is easier to work with <laughs> after he's had after he's had time off. Um, I think that it, it really brings the leader to a better sense of equanimity. And I think that really bodes well for accessibility, for being able to be in the right conversations, for being able to notice what people need from you and around you, um, and to be able to lead and motivate and inspire your team and your organization. So that's a lot that I just said, but I, I do think it's incredibly important in our global business world. You know, I, I, you just I, you see it. I see it. Um, we see it again and again. The consequences of not taking a break. The consequences of just going and going, and and the burnout, the exhaustion, and sometimes even the bitterness. You know, that comes from the feeling that I just can't stop. Um, this work owns me. You know, and 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 I think that that shift you're describing from being reactive to actually being forward-looking and being uh, fresh, being able to bring a strategic, creative approach to your leadership and, and actually to all of your life. Um, you know, you're, I love that you're, I feel like you put a stake in the ground, Chris, by just declaring the ability to stop and be with yourself and, and actually step away as a leadership competency. I, I think that's yeah. very important. Well, we can't really change. I don't think we can change the way we move in the world without reflecting and without taking stock and going, okay, how am I thinking about this? What am I feeling about this? What about this matters to me? And I think leaders really need to do that because everybody's looking up to them. They know when you're stressed, leaders, you can't hide it, right? They know, they, I'm always telling my leadership clients, you know, you think you're hiding it, but they notice every little twitch in your jaw, right? Yes. When you're trying to hold something back. Or when when something happens that you don't like and you're really trying to, uh, you know, hold yourself uh, as as a model, they can tell when, when the stress is starting to get to you. And so I think it's really critical for leaders, if they care about the people that they're leading, that they really take the time and really work out their vision. Now, you and I have taken leaders on retreat, and 
really amazing things have happened uh, for the people who have come with us. They've been able to take a look at the routines that they're in. They've been able to take a look at the relationships that they're in at work. They've been able to take a look at their vision and come up with a strategy that's going to work better than what, what they've been doing. And they're also able to reaffirm what is working, and that's really important, too. So I do think it's a leadership competency. Thanks, Kate. You know, it, it, um, you know, as you were saying that about the work we've done taking people on retreat, I kind of was mentally returning to some of those places and some of those people and thinking about the experience that they had, you know, together or individually um, on the retreat. And, you know, what really occurs to me is that many people who take a, who give themselves a retreat really see it as a, a marker, like really kind of look back and say, when I, you know, people talk about, um, Sperryville. We've done. I've done a retreat in Sperryville where they talk about, um, you know, Frenchtown. We did a retreat mm-hmm. there, and people say we need another Frenchtown. You know, but yeah. they don't necessarily need Frenchtown. But what they want, what they're saying is, what I had in that moment, I carried with me, and I would love to return to another moment like that so that I can do more of that. And it, it is a practice. I think retreating could be thought of as a practice as well, a, a, almost something yeah. you give yourself annually or even even more frequently than that, uh, certainly yeah. when, when you feel you need it, don't you think? Yeah, I think, I think every executive we've taken on retreat, it has been life-altering in some way. And what we always get afterwards is how do I sustain this? What do I need to do? What practices do I need to put in place that will help me remember how good I felt, how relaxed I felt, how empowered I felt, how confident I felt, how at ease I felt, and how much time I saw that I had? How do I help get that stuff uh, more alive on a day-to-day basis? So, mm-hmm, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I like that language. How do I help help myself, you know, be more alive on a day-to-day basis? How do, you know, and so when we think about the return, now, you and I know that arriving at a retreat, you actually have to kind of take off your overcoat and re- re- let go of the world, you know, so that you can arrive. Right. We, know that, we know that arriving is a stage, you know, you don't just get there and immediately relax. It's, it's, it's just a little bit of letting go. Um, and then you're there and you're having whatever experience you've designed for yourself or whatever you've selected. And then it's time to return. So in our last couple of minutes, let's just talk a little bit about how to carry your retreat with you back in, into your life and to bring it alive in your life. Yes, okay. So simple, very simply, I mean, it comes down to some basic things. The first is, and many of our clients, if they remember to set an intention for themselves on a daily basis and remind themselves of whatever that intention is that day, that's one way to keep it alive. Your turn. That's another way. That is a really good way. Um, okay, so another way is to carry something with you from the retreat. You know, we have a client we both know who um, carries a, a rock in his pocket. It's shaped like a heart. Um, we, we gave it to him on the retreat and he carries it with him um, every day and it reminds him of his intention and also of of who he was in that free space where, where we were on retreat. So having a little talisman, a little token to take with you, you know, everywhere, um, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Another is to um, 
institute practices that bring you happiness or joy on a daily basis, which could mean uh, looking at a photograph of somebody that you love and remembering the feeling of love, right? Um, or, um, you know, I, we've had clients, you know, we've had, you know, one who loves to go out and ride his bike. So one of his practices is to ride the bike uh, on, on a more regular basis. Uh, not just when he's free, but to actually create time uh, for that activity because that's an activity that showed up during the retreat as being really important to him. That's a good one. And I think it, it reminds me of um, the last one I can offer because I know we're up on our time. But my my last suggestion is practicing being present in the moment so that you're paying attention every hour to the beauty around you, to the to the qualities of the people you're with, to the, um, if you're riding the bike, you know, be riding the bike, not with your brain occupied with something else far away. And, and maybe, you know, this idea of being present could also include allowing yourself to set some boundaries about when you're unplugging. So you've been with me and Chris Wall this hour. Um, we're talking um, about a topic we just love to talk about and think about. Um, this is Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. And I just want to end, Chris, by saying thank you and what a pleasure and a joy it's been to to talk about this with you. I hope you'll come back and talk about this again some more with us. Thank you. Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.